Hello, welcome to Wide Love Sports. Today, I am joined by former Royal and former B-team Legion coach, Cody Frank. How are you doing tonight, Cody? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Mitch? Good. So, I know you're not the Legion coach or Legion B-team coach anymore. What are you up to now? Right now, I am a K-5 elementary PE teacher at Alkali Creek Elementary, so I do health and PE there. I also do a day over at Bitterett Elementary School. So I'm doing health and PE. And other than that, just enjoying my time and relaxing. Oh, that's awesome. So cool. So what got you into coaching? First thing that got me into coaching, I first had my opportunity with Kevin Angland. Actually, he was the first B team coach. He was the one that kind of got it all started and got everything going. And so I, I was a sophomore at Miles City, getting ready to finish up that year. Wasn't going to play ball anymore, going to MSUB. And so I had the opportunity, Bo Thomas was actually his assistant coach. And so they were kind of scheming together and got me in on it and were asking me if I wanted to do it and made the decision that I was going to be an assistant with Kevin and Bo. And that was kind of the, kind of what got the ball rolling for me. And which is so funny because that was actually CJ's first year too. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was kind of the guinea pig year. <laughs> yeah, honestly. For sure. So what was it like to, you know, be the first coach of a program in Billings, which is a good baseball town? It was pretty crazy. You know, Kevin did a great job of kind of laying down the path and kind of making sure everything was squared away. He did a great job his first two years as head coach and really kind of laid it out for me on what my expectations were as a coach and what I needed to do to make sure I got these guys ready to go for the next level. And you know, everybody has their own coaching style. Everybody kind of adds their own own way of doing it. And so kind of finding my own way and getting getting used to being part of the Legion program is also a huge part of it as well. Going through it from being a Blue Jay all the way up to being a Royal and kind of knew what the expectations of the program were. For sure. So last year was kind of cool. It was the first year that they had an exclusive blue side team. What was that experience like, you know, to where they did split it up in between the two programs? It was pretty crazy kind of thinking about it. And I know that was kind of the goal of the program eventually was to get enough guys to try out so they could have a blue side post four B team and then they could have a red side post four B team. And in years previous, it was Royals and Scarlets, red and blue mixed together to create one team, which was kind of awesome to get both of those sides of the players. But having it be the last year, I really liked that it brought a new sense of competition to Billings and our baseball and Billings because I mean that just kind of furthered the rivalry of red versus blue all the way from double a to a and now you get it at b so it was it was fantastic yeah do you foresee Billings getting enough numbers to keep both sides I can see it happening I know uh with the whole high school baseball thing and I don't know really how that's gonna play into effect with Legion baseball and I know they're kind of working out some kinks and trying to make sure that they can keep players around which I think they will for sure Mm -hmm. but I think that's going to be something that continues in uh in Billings baseball is that red versus blue rivalry at all those levels for sure so you mentioned high school baseball that just got passed were you in favor of it or were you kind of like I don't know how this is gonna work I think given uh, more opportunities for baseball in a town like Billings is incredible. I mean, I know there's kids that want to play and I know, I mean, Legion baseball right now is the most competitive level that you can play at of baseball wise around the state of Montana. And I, I know there's other travel teams and other things that are going on, but I truly think that that Legion level is kind of what solidified it or is solidified as the most competitive baseball in Montana. Cause I know a lot of guys that have high school baseball in Utah 
and mm -hmm. around some of the other states and Legion baseball to them is just kind of the fun summer league that, you know, if you don't have a summer job, you go and you play Legion baseball with all your buddies and you go kind of mess around and have a good time. Whereas high school baseball for those, uh, for those schools and for those states is their competitive league. So I think it'll be interesting to see how that kind of plays out in the future years. Yeah, for sure. I know CJ used to go down to, um, some tournaments down in like Colorado and stuff. And you were right. You, they'd play like their high school teams. Right. Exactly. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah. You're like, Hey, we're a Legion team. We're trying to, we're trying to play other Legion teams, but I mean, yeah, good competition either way. No, for sure. So another thing that I've thought with the B team that um, would be beneficial, I think is a state tournament. Do you think that would be something that you either see down the line and also something that you think would be beneficial? Definitely. And I, I was talking and being the B coach for the last couple of years, I mean, talking to some of those other B coaches around the state, especially somebody like Dwayne Scott uh, up in Three Forks, being uh, being one of those guys that's been involved in Montana baseball for a long time. And I think that's kind of kind of really the end goal is to get everybody organized and to really kind of get everybody on that same page of, hey, you know, we have a state tournament for double A, we have a state tournament for A, mm -hmm. and now making sure that we can get all the facilities, all the help needed, because I know another big part of that is a lot of teams that only have A and B baseball, or they only have that A team, and then they are playing with their B team. They're right. pulling guys up from B, the B program to be able to help them out when the A state tournament rolls around. So kind of being able to balance all that is, is a difficult act, but I know it's something that's definitely going to be one of the end goals in the future of baseball for Montana. Oh, for sure. And then my other question with B and A too, actually, because I remember when CJ was going through, you know, especially in the A level, He'd go and play Sydney and Glenn Dive, and they're all 18, 19 years old, big farm guys. And here comes the Billings teams that are 15, maybe 16 at the most. Oh, yeah. Do you think that like our double A level teams should play each other all the way through? That's a really kind of interesting question because I know a lot of people have different sides of that. And I can totally see both sides of the coin on that subject of thinking, hey, you know. I remember being a sophomore and in, uh, in high school and going up against 18, 19 year olds that are coming back from their first year of college and still right. playing. It's definitely an intimidating thing, but I know a lot of the, a lot of the answers that go around are kind of, you know, that, that makes you a good competitive player. It makes you kind of be ready for that next level. It gets you ready for that double a baseball level in Montana. And so I think it's good competition. And I think it's a good way to kind of even the playing field, because I know a lot of those a schools, I mean, that's all they have. Those are, those are the guys. And those are the only guys in that, in that city or in that uh, town that are literally playing baseball from, t-ball all the way up until high school baseball and they've been on the same team since they were on t-ball or coach pitch or whatever and they played with those same guys all the way through so i think it definitely gives them a little bit of an advantage but also mm -hmm. when you look at a town like billings one of the biggest city in montana i mean you have a lot more diverse people or diverse population to pick from and to kind of choose from and make those different teams for sure definitely so one of my questions is kind of just like, what was your coaching philosophy as a whole? Coaching philosophy as a whole for the B team. I, one of the biggest things that I wanted to, and I had expectations for my team was setting those expectations high. I wasn't a coach that, you know, Hey, we're just going to get through the season. you know, if we go uh, 500 on the season, Hey, that's okay. You know, I'm definitely one of those guys that my, I preach it as I hate losing more than I like winning. I'm definitely one of those guys. And that's just being the competitive level. And I know going through the Legion program and being part of the blue side is 
and even with the red side too, is those coaches kind of coached us up. Hey, you know, we're a winning program. If you want to mm-hmm. be good, you want to carry on that legacy, you know, there's a lot, uh, a lot of shoes that you kind of have to fill as you go through and you want to make sure that, Hey, you know, I want to get these guys ready to be ready to go at the next level. I want to make sure these guys are ready to be a blue Jay next year, make sure that they're at that level that where, you know, Hey, if you didn't make blue Jays, if you're a swing guy, whatever it be, you know, go out there and give it your all. You never know. You never know if you're going to get moved up. You never know when they're going to need you injuries happen. So, you know, mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're content or complacent with being a post four guy and, oh, you know, hey, I made the team this year. That's that's all fine and dandy. You know, I'm looking for the guys that are wondering, hey, you know, I want to be a Blue Jay. I want to make sure that I'm going to get the next level or get to that next level. I want to take extra reps after practice. And right. so I'm kind of that that nitty gritty, you know, let's get down to business kind of coach. And, you know, I don't want to don't want to have to sugarcoat anything for you guys because my expectations for you are high and they'll only continue to get greater as the season goes on. No, for sure. So another question I have is you played a lot of travel ball teams last year, specifically. What advantages did you see for playing those teams in town? One of the biggest advantages of playing those travel teams and all four years of being head coach and scheduling with the travel teams around town, the amount of kids that come from those travel teams and were on my post four team the next year or made the Blue Jays the next year is crazy. And that's kind of the whole thing is drawing those guys into the program, having those guys realize, hey, you know, maybe I go to school with these guys or maybe these guys are a grade, a grade above me. And every every year it never failed we'd go out there and play the first travel team of the season and get our butts kicked because everybody says ah you know we're the legion team now oh we're the post four team oh this is just a travel team and those guys would go out there and compete and i think that really kind of gave them a sense too of hey next year that's going to be me next year i want that to be me i want to be on that team i want to be on that post four team that's going around and and kicking butt around the city but those travel teams give us great competition. It's a great way to give uh, some of those guys exposure. And I know a lot of those travel coaches like, uh, like playing us too, because they want to, they want to be able to get their kids to the next level. Same thing. Right. So I think in a tournament last year, post four did pretty dang well. And I believe it was an A tournament. So it was a tournament where you guys were playing up. What was that like for you to be so successful in a tournament where you were playing competition that was better? I like being able to play in that Buffalo Wild Wings tournament every year. Uh, the A teams give us the opportunity to join in and be a part of that A tournament and the kind of level of expectation of going into that tournament. And I tell these, the, or I tell those guys, you know, Hey, going into that tournament, you don't know who's going to be watching, you know, Swecker could be there when he was the Blue Jays coach or now even being the Royals coach and, you know, coach B, it might be sitting around there. You never know who's going to be there watching you at that tournament. And I just told those guys, Hey, this is basically your tryout. This is another way for you to get another look and say, Hey, you know what? I should be playing at the A level. And so having that level of competition and really kind of bringing us up to that level and not kind of trying to play down or play, be complacent at our level, but always staying hungry for, for a little bit more competition is always good. Whether we did good or bad in the tournament each year, I saw great success in my teams. Oh, definitely. And last year, you guys did really, really well. It was great to see. For sure. So another passion you have that I've actually noticed firsthand is golf. It is. Yeah. What got you started in golf? I started in golf when I was very, very little. I was one of those, I mean, you could say fortunate, fortunate kids. I was able to kind of start it out early on because I definitely have friends that are trying to pick it up now. And it's definitely not an easy sport or an easy, easy hobby to get into by any means. But 
golf is one of those things that I've just kind of always, always stuck with and has kind of been, you know, being a baseball player, you, you hate to see, hate to see being a golfer as well. You know, those two things don't really go hand in hand with each other, No. but you know, the more, uh, the more I kind of got into baseball and especially in the college level and the high school, upper high school level, I, I knew I was a PO, so I wasn't too worried about swinging the bat and wasn't worried about that effect in my swing at all, but <laughs> <laughs> golf is a golf is a fun fun activity because I, I see a lot of similarities in golf and baseball where it takes a lot of patience. It's a really good mental game, keeps you sharp. Mm-hmm. You know, in baseball, you know you make a mistake. I mean, you know you made the mistake. You know what happened, and so you know your buddies that are that you're playing with, like they're gonna let you hear it, just like your coach would let you hear it on the field or in the dugout. And so you know you got to kind of deal with those adverse situations and. I like being able to kind of keep that part of competition and uh, keep my mental game sharp as well. Oh, for sure. CJ just went in and got new clubs over Thanksgiving and he did the swing simulation or whatever. And they're like, you played baseball, didn't you? He's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially being a lefty. They know right away. They know once that ball slices, they say, Hey, you're a baseball player. We we've seen this before. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was pretty funny that they could pick it up super quickly. It was like within the first few swings, they're like, you played baseball, huh? It's like, yep. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So with you being a pitcher, you have the unique opportunity when you're coaching to help your pitchers develop. What did you do to help them develop, especially with them being so young and so raw? I know a lot of uh, a lot of the credit goes to Swecker because I know he's laid out a really good opportunity for those kids to come into triple play in the wintertime and be able to get those workouts and be able to strengthen their arms and kind of have that program laid out for them and have expectations for them during the wintertime so they can make sure when the season rolls around that their arms are going to be healthy and that they're going to be ready to go. And I think that's a huge part of a part of a program is making sure you're conditioning your players, not only just during the season, but making sure that they're going to be ready to go before the season even starts. So mm-hmm. I give a lot of credit to Swecker and even Benjamin kind of really laid the pathway out of really getting into that indoor facility and making sure that uh, players are being held accountable for for doing their time in the winter. Because, you know, I mean, it comes down to it where whether you're a two sport athlete guy where uh, you're playing ba- or basketball during the baseball workouts, but you know, your expectations are still there. So I think it's really important to make sure that they're conditioned before. So that way during the season, you can rely on them to, to be your guy, to go in there and put in the work for you. For sure. I mean, it's super nice that we have that triple play facility because a lot of towns in Montana don't have something like that. Exactly. I think that's a huge advantage for Billings baseball in, uh, in itself is just being able to have a facility that's that nice and that's a bit that big that you can go in you have multiple cages you have an open area to take some ground balls it's just a mm-hmm. matter of guys wanting to put in the work and guys wanting to get in there and actually do it for sure so you mentioned that Swecker had a program that, for the kids but was there anything specifically that you expected from the kids from you know summer to next summer just kind of laying out their expectations for them. I, after every season, I mean, I laid it out for them, telling them even at the beginning of the season, I know me and all my assistant coaches would lay it out and say, Hey, you know what, if you want to be the guy that is going to be ready to go at the next level, if you ever need any extra assistance, if you ever want to take ground balls, extra fly balls, you ever need extra pitching work, anything like that. And I mean, I always told them you can hit me up by do lessons for free you know I'm I'd go hit ground balls until the sun goes down for some of those guys and you know I had guys that would take advantage of those opportunities I credit Ethan Moore as being one of the one of the only guys uh, from that team that I had that was willing to come in and put in some extra work and make sure that he goes and he wanted to get himself ready for that next level so Mm -hmm. I give him a lot of credit for taking accountability especially as a young kid I mean 
it's tough. You got a lot of other things that are more important to you than baseball at that, right. at that level or seem more important to you. And so, you know, it's easy, it's easy to kind of let those things slip through the cracks and kind of let those opportunities get away. But I'm seeing a lot more nowadays that guys are really starting to take advantage of some of those extra opportunities, which is awesome. For sure. So are you in support of two sport athletes or do you like the guys that are baseball specific? You know, that's kind of a two-way street there too. That's another one that I, you know, I'd love to see a guy that's playing baseball. And I, in high school, that was my only sport that I did. I did baseball and baseball only. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I had all my friends on the Royals and the Scarlets as well. I know guys that were putting in work being a two-sport athlete, whether they're playing football, baseball, basketball, whatever it is on top of uh, some of those other, other workouts and things that they were expected to be at or expected to do. And I think uh, it's really all about balance. I think if you're able to balance your sports and I mean, being a high school kid, especially the early ages, freshman, sophomore, I don't mm-hmm. think that you should just dedicate yourself to one sport or be forced to pick one sport. Cause I know nowadays, I mean, coaches have such high expectations of you. They want you to be in that sport all year round. I mean, look at uh, like football. I mean, I know yeah. programs and billings and programs all around Montana, those football players, they work hard. They, yeah. uh, they have expectations all year round, all year round to be able to be at workouts and to be able to, go through the summer. So I think it makes it hard to commit or hard to force a kid to commit that early in their, in their career to just one sport. But I think it's awesome for the kids that are able to go out and be successful in multiple sports. I think that's truly, truly a big feat for them. No, definitely. So obviously coaching is not all sunshine and rainbows. There are some hard times. What was the hardest time you had while coaching? Hardest time I've had while coaching. Oh man, there's quite a few of them. A lot of it comes down to, you know, just trying to trying to keep your head on straight. I mean, you get pulled in different directions, you know, you deal with injuries on the team, you deal with days where, hey, you know, I've got 15 guys out there and all of them are looking for a spot on the field. And then you go through days where, hey, I've got nine guys. And if something goes wrong, like, that's it. That's that's mm-hmm. the game right there. Like, we don't have any other reserves. And so trying to keep uh, keep everything balanced and just keep keep yourself organized is uh, is a huge kind of process of being a coach and you know trying to go through and dealing with the kids as well and you know dealing with parents as well I mean you see it around and kind of go through and you realize hey you know what is this going to be worth it is this going to be something that I want to continue to do and I definitely saw that that it was something that's worth it and once you kind of get through those difficult times uh, the rewards of coaching is way greater than any of the hardships I believe oh for sure So another thing that you said while you were answering that question, it kind of sparked my thought there, is um, a lot of times when kids come into Legion or come into travel ball even, they've played with their parents as the coaches. So they've played shortstop, pitcher, you know, the premium positions. But of course, in Legion, you can't have nine shortstops. You can't have nine guys leading off. So what do you do to, you know, change that mindset in kids? And that is really tough. And I think it's becoming even more tough nowadays because, I mean, parents, they they put in the work. They put in the money for their kids to be good. They want their kid to be the starting shortstop. They want them to be batting leadoff. And so they're having them put in that extra work to kind of get themselves there. But when you do come to Legion Baseball, you know, it's it's a lot of different story. It's especially having uh, that experience of being the B coach. And that's kind of the transition for those kids is right going from travel ball to Legion baseball. I think some of the best advice that I could give Chase and BB going forward and advice that I took myself was having a parent meeting at the beginning of the year and really laying out expectations, not only for the players, but for the parents as well. And saying, you know, hey, 
this is how it's going to be. This is what my expectations of your kid are. This is what my expectations of are you as a parent and being a spectator in the stands. Because if not, I mean, it just it just gets out of control. And if people don't know what the expectations are, parents and players both. I mean, it just kind of becomes a mess. So making sure you can lay out and the best uh, the best way I could lay it out for parents and players is, you know, Legion baseball. This isn't, oh, so-and-so, little Johnny gets three innings, and then uh, little Johnny's friend, he'll we'll give him the last three innings, you know? Not everybody's going to play every game. And the best way I could put it is, you know, you really truly earn your spot. You know, every practice is a tryout. You come to that practice. You work your butt off for your position. You know, you want to be that starting shortstop. You want to be that guy. Well, look, look behind you. There's two, three other guys that are trying to play shortstop too. So you better be out hustling and out working every single one of those guys. If you want to truly earn that spot, if you want to be the guy, if you want to be the one, you got to earn it. Oh, for sure. No, definitely. So then with that, if you do happen to have a wide array of shortstops, I'm just using that as a position because it seems to be a premium position. Do you, how are you able to move them around like to the outfield, maybe to second to third, you know, just different positions that they could play. Like, it's definitely a trial and error process because I know I've definitely made decisions on the field where I say, hey, you know what? We've got three three shortstops, but I really need a left fielder. I really need somebody who's going to be able to go out there and track down a baseball and be able to have a strong enough arm to throw it in. And so I, I look at a couple of kids and I look at athleticism and, you know, hey, are these guys a team player? Is this guy, how is he going to fit in the lineup? And kind of really trial and error of going through, hey, what is what is going to be the correct equation for this for this game or who's going to be uh, in their spots. But once you do kind of figure it out and you kind of get in a routine of it, it really makes it easy for you. And especially, I mean, like I said, the kids make it easy for you, too. You know, kid has a has a bat at bat, comes in the dugout, throws his helmet, throws his bat down. All right. Well, you know, the guy that's sitting on the bench, he's waiting. He's chomping at the bit to get right. in and take your spot right now. And so, you know, it really does become that competitive earn your spot, you know, the best nine guys on the field, those are going to be the best nine guys that give us the chance to win the ball game. And those are the guys that are going to play. For sure. So, yeah. Um, is there anything else you want to add to this, Cody, that you, you know, observed over your years of coaching? I had a lot of fun with it. I'll tell you that much. The memories yeah. and the, and just the, the all around, you know, what I learned as a, as a coach. I mean, I learned more as a coach than I did as a player. I mean, learning and seeing those guys go through the experiences. And one of the most rewarding things was watching CJ's class graduate. Cause that was the first, first class that I yeah. had. Coached. And so watching those guys make it all the way through the programs, watching them battle it out on the blue Jays and make it up to the yeah. Royals and see how excited they were to be on the Royals and then watching them have success on the field and go through and not only have success on the field, but kind of grow into that baseball player. Because as a, as a Legion baseball player myself, I know that you learn a lot of life lessons playing Legion baseball, not mm -hmm. just, you don't learn just baseball stuff, but you learn a lot of those life lessons. You learn how to be a better person. You learn how to be a good teammate. You learn a lot of those kind of life lessons that really will carry on past your baseball career. And so seeing those guys kind of learn those lessons the hard way and go through some of those hardships and come out on top and just seeing them work through the program was extremely rewarding for me and being able to kind of fall back and, you know, look at them and say, Hey, you know, remember when you were on post four and remember when you <laughs> remember when you struck out or remember when you dropped that ball at third base or whatever it is, you know, it's hilarious because those guys do remember that. And oh, yeah. that's that not only it'll stick with me, but I know it'll stick with those players as well. For sure. So one more thing I want to know, what was your favorite memory as a player? 
my favorite memory as a player is really tough because, you know, I think about a lot of things, whether it's from Legion baseball, whether it's from college baseball, I think every year had a favorite moment. But one thing I went and listened to a lot of uh, a lot of the podcasts that you've done and kind of was getting a feel for some of the questions that you asked. And <laughs> I know this is a common one and I've thought about it and thought about it. And I'm like, you know, what is my favorite memory as a baseball player? But I think it really boils down to my very last game I played my sophomore year of college at Niles City. I was, we we're playing Trinidad, Colorado. We weren't having a great season. I'd been a closer. I had a great season as a closer uh, my sophomore year. I think I had more wins than some of our starters did as a closer, which isn't, isn't a great feat. That's how you know you weren't, a, weren't having the best year. But I, uh, I had a conversation with my coach, Coach Brabant. He called me in as we're getting ready for our last game. I knew I was going to be pitching. I didn't know when or where I was going to be pitching, but he let me know. He said, all right, hey. It's between you and another guy, and I want you to go talk to him, and you guys can decide between yourselves who's going to start the game. I didn't even go tell him. I didn't even say anything to him. I just said, <laughs> I grabbed the ball. I grabbed my catcher. I said, all right, let's go start getting warmed up. I didn't say anything to him, and until he found out after the game, and he was a little upset with me that I, that I didn't have that discussion with him. But, you know, got to take your opportunities. You make the most of them, and, you know, I had, I had a great start, and it was awesome. Yeah, the coach gave you the opportunity to talk to him. You didn't do it, but. <laughs> right. Hey, you know, he could have said something to him, but I had, to, I had to take that opportunity, which it was awesome. It was one of the, one of my favorite moments, just looking back on it and just kind of saying, hey, you know what, I'm going to, going to seize the day on that one. Oh, that's cool. That's awesome. Well, hey, thank you so much, Cody, for your time tonight. It's awesome to interview you. So. Thank you, Mitch. It's been a pleasure. And I got one more thing for you as well. Yes. I got to give you a shout out to CJ and CJ, make sure you show him where you live. <laughs> that'll be that'll be one of my all-time favorite quotes from from your mom. Best quote. Well, there you go. And I know every time every time she sees me at the baseball field, she'll make sure she lets me know and, and puts a smile on my face every single time. <laughs> I remember being a coach or coaching CJ and hearing that from the stands, and oh man, that would light up a smile on my face every single time I heard that. Oh, there you go. That's awesome. All right. All right. Well, thank you, Mitch. I appreciate the opportunity, man. Of course. Have a great rest of your night. Yeah, you as well.